Rolling through an episode part eight. Oh, nice. Ooh. This is actually the first an episode we've done in the same room. Yeah. So Yeah, we've done a lot of them. So this is well eight out of like 150 episodes or whatever. It's about right. It's a small percentage. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we're going to put the intro right about here. If at all. I might just leave it blank. <laughs> <laughs> now you've all waited and it's not just there. Just to mess with you. So welcome to the podcast for Curiosity Continuum. Curiosity Continuum is an industry innovating, non-traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation. And we are the essential bridge between the analog and digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise and innovation needed to thrive in the 21st century. We combine a mix of essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways not possible outside of a creative, thoughtful, diverse community of fellow curious people. And follow us on your favorite podcast app and receive notifications of new content. And if you like what you hear and you want to dive deeper, please visit us at curiositycontinuum.com. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the unconversation. <laughs> the unconversation. The conversation. The one thing I like about these on episodes is that like we can talk about multitude of topics and just kind of like be like, oh, that's how it rolls. That's what we're doing. Because sometimes we talk and we go off into like these weird tangents weird. that may not actually have to do with the episode, but we call it something anyway. <laughs> That's probably 25% of our content is just right reframing something. Right, you right. Know, I was reminded of a conversation just because we had to tell the story recently about how we started as a podcast. Right. And like you talked me into it. Yeah. It wasn't something that like I wanted to do. No, it was like over many months too. It wasn't just like like two conversations. It was like three, four, five. It was like every couple of weeks I'm like I'm like, "Hey man, let's do this." And you're like, I "Okay, don't so know. retell that story because I remember now after you say that it was a while you had to like get me on board. How did you sell me on that?" So I just said, "Hey, you want to do something and just like record these conversations?" I'm like, <laughs> "People are doing it." I'm like, "They're doing it all over the place." And what is actually great about that is now we were like quote unquote one of the not first people to do it, but we're kind of like we're not like the new people to do it. So people look at us and they're saying like, "Oh, you actually know how to do this," which we didn't at the beginning. I had like, no clue. I had no clue. Like I had to like figure out how to record, and like Brian's like, "Well, we know how to record. Just plug in this and this and this." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know, but how to make it sound good?" Yep. You know, I mean, that was like a real challenge. And if you listen to those first. 25 episodes terrible i mean the content's great but that's good the episodes are like not very quality driven well you know i think about that though too when people say that they're not good at public speaking it's because they never had to practice right you know and look i get it that some people like just don't like speaking in front of people you know but like let me tell you the story real quick like so i was a young musician Right, and I I had done three act play. I had been in right. choir, but playing in a band in front of people different. It was a different thing. Right, you know I'm so comfortable with it now. I can stand in front of a hundred thousand people, and I'm perfectly comfortable because I learned what needed to be done in those situations. Right, because it is also like you think everyone's looking at you, and they're really not. Like when I go to like a concert, I'm not like looking at one person. If anybody, it's the person singing. I'm looking at. But when they're done singing, I'm looking at someone else or I'm looking at everything. It's like even if you do something that's like egregiously wrong, nine times out of ten people don't notice it. No. Even the times like honestly, like so I've heard uh, Ron Block of Allison Krauss and Union Station use the term 
when you're recorded and you listen back, you're standing under the Humilitron. Sure. <laughs> the recording doesn't lie. Right. And it's like, oh, that I played wrong. That I, I did rushed. that. Yeah, yeah, I did that. It's a thing. You know, in live music, it passes by and you don't really notice it. But in that situation, you go back and you go, okay, what would I have done different? A lot of times with that particular cadence, you just need to become familiar with what it is and familiar with it. You know, for right. at this point in podcasting, I'm very comfortable listening to my own voice. Right. And we talked about that like yeah. earlier today. We were like, oh, you listen to your own voice. And part of it was because Brian's daughter had a, a solo in a, a Lion King Jr. And she's just like, and she doesn't want anybody to listen to it. And part of it is because, you know, you're young and you're like, I don't want anybody to know, see what I do. But part of it is because you hate hearing your own voice. And it took us a long time. A long time. To get over like how we sound. Because we do not sound to us how we sound to you. Right? And no one does. No one sounds like they think they sound. It's a different resonance. Because obviously like if you're talking and you hear yourself, it's going through the resonance of your jaw, of your head. Right. And bouncing back to you. And it sounds different. Right. It's not bad. No. But when people say, oh, my voice is so annoying. Or, you know, I used to think that when I would talk. I'm like, your voice is really annoying. Yeah. Because I, I'm used to hearing my voice the way I hear my voice. But I think a lot of times when you're professional speaker, professional singer, you're used to hearing yourself. Right. And you know, like, you kind of like understand the difference of perception. Right. Which we did, we, we just recorded an episode about perception. That really matters though. Because oftentimes people are not experiencing it the same way that you think they are because that's how you're experiencing it. Right. So, I mean, like, it's like anything. Like, if you're... Perception is king, you know, it's like kind of like if you perceive something and even though no one thinks that <laughs> like, I mean, I've we've had multitude conversations with creative people where they're like, oh, I can't do that because, you know, so and so is going to think that about me or people are going to think I'm crazy. And you're looking at them like they have two heads or something because you're like, you know what? Nobody cares about that. But you it's your own like. You know, you're putting your own thoughts and ideas onto this thing. Yep. You know, like, uh, especially for a lot of artists who are introverted, because right. you have to draw your artistic inspiration oftentimes from a very personal place. Sure. Which is why sometimes people are scared to share art or creative things, because there's a lot of that person in that creative Yeah, expression. it's who they are. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah. When, a, when an audience or somebody's looking at it, I know, like, I really appreciate when somebody has expressed themselves personally and is willing to share it with the world, and I know that it's an authentic expression. Right. I really like that. However, not everybody perceives it like, look at what this costs this person emotionally. <laughs> they do that. They're not thinking that No, at all. no. They just think, oh, that's a cool story. <laughs> yeah, and they move on. Right. And so what's really big in your world, and this is not to, like, denigrate anybody's effort, but what you, the hurdles you get over are not the things that people go like, man, look at that emotional hurdle they surmounted. They they don't perceive it the same way. No, because to them, their life, their ideas, their things are still going. They're still moving the same. Nothing has changed. And so there's that old adage like, oh, it's not a problem if it affects you, but it's a problem if it affects me, right? Because it's now I have to deal with it. So, oh, hold the phone. You know, I got to make this be a big deal. And there's a lot of things in life that are like that, um, in you know politics and just your everyday life and 
the where you live. Things don't seem to matter until they affect you. But when they affect you, then you're like, oh, that matters. Yeah. You know, and it's it's kind of sad in a way because like you know, it's like when people pass away. Like when people you don't know pass away, you're kind of like you you're maybe you kind of think about it, but you don't really think about it. And when somebody like is close to you passes away, it like really affects you. Like, wouldn't it be like an amazing thought exercise to like if anyone passing away affected you the same way? Yeah. You know, I think like people would be a lot more empathetic towards others, you know? Generally, especially like in the West, people are very selfishly tuned about what that means to me. Right. Versus like what it means to somebody else. Right. I've had a couple of people just recently who are close to me in my orbit pass away. One was my mentor's wife and... One of their children put it like to know her was to love her. And right. uh, uh, this woman, who I actually named my daughter after as a namesake. Right. So her, her like wonderfully effusive, creative spirit, well-educated, well-spoken, bold, you know, loved life and loved on people well. You know, I want that same spirit carried on in my daughter, which is why it's part of the reason why we named my daughter after her. Right. And that's a big deal to me it's a big right. deal to that family and for anybody who she touched it was a big deal and uh you know we had our neighbor who suffered from like muscular dystrophy for many years finally like just like the complication of different things just couldn't handle it. couldn't yeah. handle it anymore because yeah. your body starts to shut down right and that's a big deal and right. I, I think oftentimes the problem josh i have is when when a lot of times leader or like leadership inspiring type people Say, you know, like, just keep going. Keep pushing forward. You can do it. And it's the you show all about you doing, like, quote, mighty things. Right. And you've missed it. And you've missed some point along the right. way. Because, I mean, to be really, like, to be human is to live in the moment. Right? And it's also to understand what you have and to not, like, just take it for granted. Because when you do, that's the problem. Like... And like like Brian and I are trying to build with you know CC and beyond with what we're doing is like a people first organization. And I know like people say that and they're like, oh my goodness, you're like people first. And I'm like, yes, but what that means is that the people we have matter more to us than the business model because if we don't have the people, we don't have the business. Yep. It doesn't mean that these people walk all over us. It means that we show a lot of grace, a lot of like willingness to work with them, and they do the same. It's an investment in the people, and what we try to do very much on the front end is to tell them, here's what this is. Yeah. Right? This is what we would expect, and it's it's expectation management. It's also clear communication of like, oh, and this is how this relationship can work. Because we realize Correct. that not everything is like an open laissez-faire. Right. I right? would say, if you can do this for this, we will compensate you this, right. and this is the terms of it, and if it works... Great. People do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we set the expectation because that, that way everybody knows, like, here's how everything's measured. A lot of people struggle by thinking that they're doing good because they don't realize yeah. how they're being measured. Right. And what happens then is that, like, they're taking their self-barometer of whatever script they've told themselves, whether they're doing good, bad, or otherwise, and it may not match with your gauge of good, bad, or otherwise. Right. I mean, that's like right on hitting on the head. Like we always set out expectations and I know like some jobs do that, but we, I think personally we set high expectations, but we're willing to work with people to get that. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by work with you is like, yeah, we have a deadline. 
Well, you can't do it tonight, but you can do it tomorrow morning. Why not? Just do it. You know, as long as it's within the confines of like what is critical to us, we're like very willing to work with people. Mm-hmm. And I would expect the same with me. Like, would people be willing to work with me when I'm like, look, I can't do it tonight, but I'm going to do this tomorrow morning first thing. Does it work? Does it work? If that works, great. We just go with it. If not, well, you know, either we have to figure something else out or maybe we just say we just don't work on this project together. Mm-hmm. And that there's not a moral imperative to do that. No. No. It's just what we've chosen to do. Yep. You know, as we've spent kind of the Sunday afternoon sitting here just being friends and talking about other things, I think sometimes there's a lot of people who are not comfortable weaving conversations between different things. Now, right. For you and I, like we we're fine just talking and it weaves in like and out. Chilling out. Yeah. Cause it, it works, you know, right. we kind of turn it off and on. But I know a lot of people, they're not comfortable unless they know specifically like how this is defined at, for the entirety of this particular thing. And they can't extract it. I think sometimes like people get wrapped around the axle, so to speak, because they can't separate like a personal thing and a business thing. They can't separate right. a whatever. And so they overlay something where they never should have overlaid something as far as a personal expectation or a, how you're going to act or how right. this is going to go down. And the, what it really is is lack of communication and no clarity on what you expect. Right. I mean, and that's number one thing. Be transparent and just kind of like, hey, you know, if, if this it works, great. If it doesn't, well, we'll have to go in another direction. And a lot of times, too, you run into situations where like, well, I thought you meant this. Well, I was doing this whole thing. I've seen more frustration come into relationships, business or otherwise, when like somebody is extending grace, but the other person doesn't perceive it. Right. Here's a great example. Like when my wife, (laughs) when like I would like wash the laundry. Right. But I wouldn't fold it immediately. She was a, she was mad at me because I didn't fold the laundry. You didn't do the whole thing. But I'm like, well, didn't I wash the laundry? You know, like, didn't I? She goes, no, you didn't finish it. Right. Like, what do you mean by finish it? She goes, I don't like clothes wrinkled. You know, look, my admittedly, my clothes look better now. Right. <laughs> that I followed some of her method on that. But it's, and she's more particular about how laundry's done. But once we understood that, it's like, okay, here's how you perceive it. Here's how I perceive it. No, that's great. I think that is, it's a kind of a dovetail to our perception episode. But it it's is. also kind of like, hey, we're just doing this. Let's just move it along, huh? Yep. Put a comma here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. You say it first this time. (laughs) All right. This is Josh for Curiosity Continuum. (laughs) 